Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge World Tour, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the world talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and... Joining me this week, we head into the world, the virtual world, as we have our very first VTuber on the podcast, Tina Chino. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. I'm honored to have you on. This is history in the making right here. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. How are you today, Tina? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, I had a pretty relaxed morning, luckily, so... Uh, and the main event was this podcast, so um, oh, oh. I'm ready to get into it. Well, excellent. Well, since you're brand new here, we do have to hit you with the passport check, which is where you give us your favorite video game, video game character, and video game soundtrack. The most loaded question you can ask any gamer out there. I know. This is probably... I've been um, raking over this all night, but I think my favorite game is Skyrim. My favorite Ooh. soundtrack is Sci- Skyrim, <laughs> but I think my favorite character is probably actually Isabel from Animal Crossing. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you get New Horizons uh, when it came out? Oh, yeah. That was like, of course, my main pandemic activity. But honestly, I probably played New Horizons the least out of like all the Animal Crossing games. I couldn't get into it as much as like some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that. After playing New New Leaf was my first Animal Crossing game and playing mm-hmm. New Horizons afterwards, New Leaf definitely had like so much more. Yeah, I love New Leaf and Wild World. Those are my two main ones, but I've played all of them. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, it was a busy week in the world of gaming with probably one of the big, a big thing happening uh, yesterday as in day of recording this. Our headline of the week, the Super Mario movie got its first trailer in an official Nintendo Direct specifically for the movie where we saw Miyamoto, Jack Black, and Chris Pratt all talk about it as well as the producer or director of the producer of the movie uh, whose name is also Chris. I don't remember what his last name is, but he's with Illumination. They all did said some words and then bam, our first trailer for the mario movie and it looks not bad yeah i wasn't mad i've watched it a couple times and i really wasn't mad watching it i thought it might be a little corny i think but the production value was really high and i think like the special effects are really cool so i mean i'm probably gonna go see it it looks i mean yeah Say what you will about Illumination as they are the people who made it, gave us the minions. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how people feel about the minions as some, as you know, back in the old days, they were your Facebook mom memes. And now <laughs> we've got King Bob on TikTok raiding all the theaters. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, it's, with the minions three, um, what was it? The Minions 3 debut, everybody wearing the suits mm-hmm. to the theaters. That was a whole, that was a wild thing to see, honestly. 
didn't yeah. see it in person, but it's just man. And the fact that you even had big YouTuber Mr. Beast uh, get in on the trend as well. It, it was insane. But regardless, Mario movie looks good. Jack Black as Bowser. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. I've already seen so many memes about... Like, he only said, like, five words in the trailer. Yes. But... I think he's going to knock it out of the park. I mm -hmm. loved it. <laughs> Absolutely. My, I want one more trailer just so I can make a final verdict on Chris Pratt as Mario. As he, he said even less than what Bowser said. Yeah, I know. I like hyper analyzed his one line. I listened to that part like 10 times in a row. I can't tell if it's bad or good yet. So I think, yeah, the verdict's still out on Chris Pratt. The verdict's Pratt, still out. It, look, it sounds like he's going for what... Uh, the original Mario movie actor had with the New York accent kind yes. of. So I, I, here's the thing. I'm not against it, but I just need a little bit more. I just need a tiny bit more so I can fully say whether or not I'm excited to see Chris Pratt as Mario or not. I would agree. He seemed very jazzed in his little segment on the direct. So Yeah. And of course, at the very end of the trailer, we got our first look at Charlie Day as Luigi, which was just him screaming. <laughs> so, I mean, take that as you will. Eight, 10 out of 10 already in my books. Yeah, I'm, I was honestly kind of disappointed we didn't see more Charlie Day. I'm probably more excited for him than Chris Pratt being Mario. Uh, so. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I am too. Uh, I also, uh, a reminder, Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> so uh, that one, I I, I want to see more of that. Like, I hope in the next trailer, we do see a bit of Donkey Kong. I feel like in the next trailer, we're going to see more of like the main cast aside from DK. And like, they'll put DK at the end of it. Which it's just going to be Seth Rogen doing his laugh. I hope so. Um, <laughs> I think they said in the direct that like they're finishing animation like this week. So... Yeah, I'm excited to see what is to come. Hopefully something around Christmas will get another longer trailer or something. Yeah, I, I think that would make sense because that was what their original release date for the movie was. So it would make oh, really? sense to put out the, like, the first like real three-minute trailer for the movie around that time. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, well, I am super excited about it. <laughs> uh, so that was our headline of the week. Uh, looking back at what else happened, it's time for us to dive into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. Boy, what a week it was. Game releases that came out, you had games like Triple Take and Super Powers 3, and of course, the big game that nobody could play because of long queue times, <laughs> issues if you didn't have a prepaid phone plan, and a lot oh of God. other shit, Overwatch 2. Oh Man, what a disastrous <laughs> launch for that game. I'm not surprised though, considering how long it was anticipated for and just like, I don't know, just Overwatch is such a meme almost, especially Overwatch 2 at this point. Yeah. I, I'm not really surprised. It was a dumpster fire of <laughs> like all the cues and stuff. But I mean, I was, I'm kind of surprised, I guess, though, because you would think that Blizzard would have the resources to not make it what it was, but... <laughs> honestly if i was blizzard uh during this i maybe would have killed overwatch one a little bit later because overwatch one right before overwatch two came out died they killed all servers everything for overwatch one 
So you, so for people who still wanted their Overwatch fix, they couldn't even get it. I know it's kind of crazy that I I was I didn't realize they were gonna do that until like the day before. I was, that kind of surprised me that they just killed the servers. Said bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. You can't play this game anymore. Rest in peace, and sat and do rest in peace. Overwatch one and all the players who are going to be uh, putting that game this that series down because of mm -hmm. all of this th this garbage. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, Overwatch two. Uh, let's look at some other game news. And on top of the Mario movie trailer dropping, we also got a brand new fifteen minute trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Featuring new Pokemon Evolution for Girafferig for Rigoraf. I'm pretty excited about that one. I feel like that was the best moment of the trailer. I, I felt... like the design. I really love the design for it. Mm -hmm. Its yeah, tail I... is now its head. It kind of makes sense and it looks cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were wanting an original evolution you know, when Girafferig first came out, so. Oh, yeah. Girafferig's been one that people wanted an evolution for. Dunsparce is still one they want an evolution for. Uh, I feel there's others in there, too, but those are the two big ones I could think of at the top of my head. We also got our first look at, like, some real gameplay of the battle system, how seamless and quick it is to get into a battle with wild Pokemon. You can battle. There are Pokemon in the wild that'll have a uh, terrestrialization. They'll be like glowing orange. Uh, they showed off their let's go mode where you can basically send out your Pokemon. They can grab items. They can quickly knock out Pokemon for you to get materials from Pokemon because they also showed off the TM system. Sadly, the TMs are one use only again, instead of collect them all to have unlimited uses. Uh, but you craft TMs with materials that you find out in the wild, which is very interesting and yeah. totally different for the Pokemon uh, series. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to see how that's going to go. I hope it's not like too, I don't know. I think we're probably just spoiled Giving, being given TMs all this time or being able to buy them. So if it's going to be like too hard to get my favorite TM, I'm, I might be a little frustrated playing the game, but um, I think it's cool overall. Um, there's lots of items you never use in Pokemon. So <laughs> the, the items you never use because it's like, oh, I'll need to use that like end game. And then you don't even use it end game because you're overpowered AF already. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if they're going to try to, do the experience like have a setting for experience share on this new game i, I feel like they... it's kind of like the norm at this point that they'll have it and hopefully they'll just give you the ability to turn it on and off because i know that some people like it and some people don't i'm the vote of i like it because i'm the person who completes their pokedex every single time i try to complete it as soon as possible so having it is nice because it's just like i can just grind chances or whatever the <laughs> experience pokemon is for the game yeah no i mean i do the same thing so i mean i think when i would, would like originally play through the game i would like to not have experience share but as soon as I, yeah i go on to making my pokedex awful i'd be like okay skip, skip to the easy part <laughs> yes and they also showed off uh instead of campsites like you could in sword and shield you can go on little pokemon picnics oh. uh, you can wash your pokemon and you can make sandwiches that's the big <laughs> thing you can get boosts from sandwiches for certain types of moves you can get damage boosts and i think it's like maybe there's probably one for like an experience rate up or whatever as well um so 
you can make just go make sandwiches and it is good it, it looks it looks good yeah they said something about eggs as well oh yes eggs. eggs also can because we're still not sure if like breeding is gonna be in this game or daycares are so it has to right i mean i feel like it has to but i guess it's just a bonus chance to get an egg they'll just appear at your picnic yeah I kind of thought how I interpreted that was kind of how in sword right now you have like the curries and like if you make them a certain way it's like higher increased chance for like shinies. I'm kind of hoping that's oh. how I'm not. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that's how it works. Okay. But uh, if they don't have breeding in Scarlet and Violet, that's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, but that was essentially everything. They showed off the raid system again, but it's mostly like an o just like a slightly overhauled thing of Sword and Shield, where instead of the focus being don't die four times, the focus is now more on time. So do your you do your raids, kill the Pokemon fast, and uh, even if you do die, you're not waiting that long, and you can use trainer commands to boost your attack, defense, heal, and all of that stuff too. Which is really cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see how all the raid stuff goes. Because I, I have a lot of friends that I do that kind of stuff with to try to get shiny Pokemon. So um, it'll be nice to not be in lobbies with AFKers and having to wait forever to and, do your And next remember, you can tour the open world with up to four, with four people. So. Oh, yeah. That, I'm excited to see how that all pans out. I'm really excited for Scarlet and Violet. I have high hopes. Oh, there was one thing I did want to bring up. According to some analysis, the Japanese trailer for <gasps> yes, <laughs> what we saw in one scene when they're showing off the gyms, you're being chased by a bunch of or you're having a bunch of Sunflora follow you. And they look choppy, super choppy in the North American trailer. The Japanese trailer, they look smooth. It looks like it looks a lot better. So mm -hmm. it's Rumors are going around that like what we've been seeing is still like early footage of the of the game still. Mm, interesting. See, okay, that wasn't what I was thinking of. There was something from a different trailer. I think it was either the Japanese one or a, I don't remember which language it was, where they had this little um, uh, almost like a a compass in the top right where uh, they had the like map, different yes and yeah, the five unidentified Pokemon were spotted yeah. in the compass. Yes, that too. Yeah, but um, I didn't see that about the graphics, though, and I really hope it looks good. Cause... Yeah, there was a little back-to-back -back thing I saw on Reddit, and I'm like, oh, it's like night and day, which is crazy. So mm. really good, really high hopes, a lot high hopes for this uh, this game. It's, lo it's looking extremely promising. Yeah, I Pokemon. agree. Uh, I think the future is bright for Pokemon fans. Absolutely. Uh, in other gaming news, Need for Speed Unbound. That was officially revealed in its very first trailer, and it'll be a next-gen game only, so Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, and PC. It's got a planned release right now for December. That's if it doesn't get delayed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. They don't have an official date? Uh, I believe December. it has an official date. I just don't remember what it was. Okay, okay. That's why I'm yeah. saying December. Because it is right. EA who publishes Need for Speed. So, <laughs> you know. But a new Need for Speed game, uh, I know that people are excited for and love the Need for Speed series. So be excited if you like it. Uh, 
in YouTuber news, the big one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Minecraft YouTuber Dream has revealed his face. And my one comment is this dude could probably audition to become the real life Crimson Chin. <laughs> right? His jawline is insane. <laughs> it's, it's, it could cut diamonds, not gonna lie. Yeah, it was kind of crazy seeing the internet's reaction to it. I mean, it's probably just because he's so big. And I think if I remember right, he was like, or he was building it up a lot to his audience. So he was, yeah. And yeah. He, the reason he did it is because his friend George not found move into America, and he wants to do more real life content. So he just he just did it. Yeah, I mean, as someone who also doesn't show their face on the internet, I found it all really interesting, and um, I hope he has like you know enjoys. His decision, I guess. I think that's something I've per I know I've personally contemplated, like sharing my face, like either doing like separate streams or something from my VTuber content. So um, I don't know. I'm excited to see, you know, how it all goes for him now that he's no longer anonymous. It's very, uh, it's very interesting from my perspective, at least. It really is. Uh, we got some CD Projekt Red news uh, as they gave uh, basically an update on a bunch of their games like Cyberpunk saying, hey, update's still coming out. Here's when you can expect the DLC. Uh, and also uh, three, I believe it was three or four new games coming out that are like that are that are in the works for the Witcher series. Uh, we only know them by their project names, Project Sirius, Polaris and Canis Major. I believe one of those is supposed to be multiplayer as well. Mm. And yeah, new Witcher stuff coming. I believe the earliest we could see it from what they said is 2025. Oh, man. <laughs> but it makes lot. sense. Yeah, yeah. But whenever they do that, I'm always like, Ugh, okay, I guess I'll wait. <laughs> I, have no, I have no choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PlayStation Stars, the new reward program from PlayStation, that has now rolled out in North America. Uh, if you have a PlayStation account, you've probably seen your, the email that they have sent out. Uh, you can sign up to get points by playing some, certain games and doing things, and you can trade those points for one of three things, either little virtual photos or, or badges or rewards that are definitely not NFTs, <laughs> uh, you can save up your points and get some games. I think they only have like five games that you can spend your points on, but one of them is Cult of the Lamb, and I think another one's Hades as well. So like, wow, the games that you could get if you don't already have them, you can try saving your points up to get those. And the other one you can use it on is just like a five dollar or a twenty dollar PlayStation point card. Dang, that's super cool. I wish other systems would do that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh so and again this is like just rolled out so they're still working out a bunch of the kinks and whatnot and they're still going to try to make it more worth your time to sign up for it so i'm not signing up for it yet i probably will with how much i play on the playstation still i'll probably will just not yet we also got reports that horizon zero dawn will be getting a remaster for the ps5 nice Horizon fans rejoice. Yes. yes. <laughs> I've still yet to finish Horizon Zero Dawn. I started it and I'm still in the tutorial area. Yeah, I haven't played it through either, but it's a beautiful game. And Very beautiful. Phenomenal looking. I will say it's probably one of the most beautiful game series out there. Yeah, so uh, I would love to get a PS5. Maybe that will be when I play it. So. 
God, if if only uh, being Canadian, things are a PS Five is like an extra two hundred bucks up here. Wait, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, well, like a lot of uh, in the U.S., like I know that the average retail game is like a fifty to sixty dollar price. Mm-hmm. Up here in Canada, you're looking at eighty bucks. <gasps> what the heck is why? Just like the that the, the exchange or... rates, yeah, and a bunch of other shit. What the heck? That's... Yeah. Scam. Oh yeah, being Canadian <laughs> is expensive uh, for gamer, for a Canadian gamer. Man, I had no idea. That's messed up. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Uh, but what isn't messed up is Minecraft news. We got the next three mobs you can vote for for this year's mob vote. The winner will be added, of course, in the next major update or the next update. I can't fully remember. Your choices are the Rascal, the Tough Golem, and what seems to be the front runner, the Sniffer, which is a <laughs> giant turtle that has this like huge schnoz, and he it actually looks pretty pretty cute. Not gonna lie. Voting opens on the fourteenth, and the results will be on the fifteenth. Yeah, leave it to the internet to love the Sniffer the most, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With a name like that. Yeah, it could have been ugly, and it still would have won. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we also got our first trailer for the brand new Dead Space remake, returning us to the world in the eyes of Isaac Clarke. Uh, it's set to launch January 27th, and it looks good. It looks really good. So if you're a fan of horror or the De- or the Dead Space series, uh, look forward to that. It's very promising. It's, they'll be eating good this holiday because you have the Callisto Protocol coming out this December, and then next month you can play the actual new Dead Space. So... It's great. And last bit of video game news. Beyond Good and Evil 2, they have broken a record for being in development longer than Duke Nukem Forever, which is 15 plus years. And this they didn't recently break this. They broke this 100 days ago and people just noticed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, why did people not notice? <laughs> because people forget about good Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, okay. The original time it was shown off was back in 2008, I believe, from what I was reading in the article. And the last time we saw things was 2018 E3, when they showed us that grand trailer at the Ubisoft show. And everyone's like, yo, let's go. And we have heard nothing since. Oh, my gosh. Well, rejoice, fans. Rejo- rejoice <laughs> it, uh, it's Duke Nukem to rejoice that Duke Nukem forever doesn't hold this title anymore because <laughs> God I feel like we want to all forget Duke Nukem forever <laughs> uh, well that's it in the world of video game news looking at the TCG news in Pokemon we got some card pack releases the Charizard Ultra Premium Collection comes out October 28th the Mew VMAX League Battle Deck on November 11th, as well as Silver Tempest, which is the next major TCG expansion. And the Scarlet and Violet base, Scarlet and Violet base set comes out March 2023. Yay, I love Pokemon TCG. So um, I am very excited for... I will probably have to pick up the Charizard Ultimate... Oh, the Ultra Premium Collection Box. That's such a mouthful to say. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it is. But the cards uh, for it are so pretty. So, And who doesn't love Charizard? Come on. So I don't know. He's a, he's a little overrated, <gasps> I think. You think so? Just a, I mean, with how popular Charizard's gotten, I, I find him a little bit overrated. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think if you're into the TCG, everyone who's into the, like, I feel like 
Charizard fans are loud and proud. So maybe they're just a loud, a loud group of fans. And I guess I'm one of them, but <laughs> <laughs> I love enough. Charizard. But um, the Scarlet and Violet base set um, is exciting too. I mean, not very surprising, but. I'm excited to see how they'll do terrestrializing cards yes. with that set. Yeah, I wonder if they'll um, introduce like a new, uh, you know, I don't know, rarity of card, I guess, is what it, you would call it. So, exciting stuff. Yes. Uh, into our Yu-Gi-Oh! news. Uh, first off, Master Duel updates. The festival ended about a couple weeks ago now, the Exe Synchro Festival. And a new solo gate dropped where you could play... Uh, God, I don't even remember the archetype. It's cool. They added a new duel mate with in regards to that new archetype. And, of course, the October season has begun for ranked duels. Ooh. <laughs> Did you play a lot of the event? I, I play. I got enough to get the new dual mate mm -hmm. and to finish off my dual pass to get uh, Bitron. Okay. Because I I am I I've kind of gotten to the point. Even though I'm like almost 300 hours in the game, I've gotten to the point where it's like I'm only really playing Yu-Gi-Oh to either get do new dual pass stuff so I can get the new dual buddy. Mm-hmm. And that's really about it. Like, I just, anytime they release a new dual pass, I'll go on the game, go hard to get whatever new rewards there are, and check every so often to see if new solo gates drop. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mainly just play it on stream. So um, I don't even always, I didn't even do the last battle pass. So, um, uh, and I didn't play the event either because I don't really play synchros or exceed decks. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it seemed like it was very well received, though, the event overall. It was not bad. Like, I was able to, I think I used my, uh, which one? My Speedroid deck. Oh, to nice. Get through it. It, it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> it, it got me through the Synchro events. It's, it got me through this one, even though it was a lot worse because Sword Soul now exists. Oh, my it, gosh. I, yeah, Sword Soul. That's all I heard people talking about for like a whole month or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, in the TCG world of Yu-Gi-Oh, though, Battles of Legend Crystal Revenge that is out now. Darkwing Blast comes out later this month on the twentieth. The Dark World Structure deck on December first, and on February 9th, the Dark Magician Girl accessories come out, as well as the Photon Hypernova, the next uh, TCG set. Yeah, I'm mainly excited for the Dark Magician Girl accessories. Out of all of that, um, obviously being. A Someone who grew up in the early 2000s. Dark Magician Girl is life. So I got, uh, back when they were coming out, I got I got a few of the Karibo accessories. I got Aww. the Karibo card book. And, Those were uh, cute. They're, they're dope. Uh, we're, I'm also, uh, Konami, this is a message to you. We are still waiting for Karibra. <laughs> you have a whole archetype for Karibo and still no Karibra. Yeah, come on, Konami. What are you doing? Uh, lastly, imagine the gathering news, Warhammer 40k commander decks, those drop, oh, they're out today, uh, day of recording this, they are out now, as well as Unfinity, the new joke cards, uh, I know that my boy Actual Trash PhD is looking forward to those, next month on the 4th, the Pioneer Challenger decks come out, and Brothers of War come out November 18th, and we actually also got some news uh, the 30th Anniversary Edition will be released online starting November 28th. These include a four 15-card packs of classic cards. They will not be tournament legal. One of the cards you could get is Black Lotus. Wow. And it's going to cost you 1000 bucks. 
<laughs> That's a steal, though, compared to how much it usually goes for. <laughs> I mean, true. Very true. And uh, lastly, in some collaboration, as the Gathering news, Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed collaborations will be coming to the Magic the Gathering universe next year in Universes Beyond Initiative. Yeah, I don't play Magic. I kind of wish I did, but I feel like it's hard to get into. But um, I always love all the collaboration stuff they do. I find it, it, it is part of the reason I want to get into it. I'm like, kind of got FOMO. I want fun collaborations with D&D and Assassin's Creed. Hello? Uh, it's some board game news. We actually have board game news this week in quite a bit. Hasbro is going to be licensing classic strategy games like Axis and Allies uh, to Renegade Game Studios. They're basically going to be working to produce modern-day versions of a bunch of these strategy games like Diplomacy, Squad Leader, and Robo Rally. So look forward to those if you're a fan of strategy games. Persona 5 is getting a card game that's set to be out next year. And mm-hmm. D&D fans, you're invited to submit custom LEGO designs of in-game adventures that you've had over the years for Dungeons & Dragons 50th Anniversary Submissions are open and will be accepted until November 14th. The winners will have their models turned into an actual retail product and you'll get profit from the sales it gets. Wow, that's awesome. Lego is incredible at collaboration, just in general. They do some awesome stuff. Uh, I love watching Lego Masters. So especially this new season that's coming out, they're doing some, they did something with like NASA. Like what the heck? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you you could be a D, you could be in Lego, immortalized in Lego. Think of that. That's crazy. Uh, but that's the week in review, and now it's time for us to look ahead to the week ahead and see what should be on your radar for October 10th to 16th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. And starting off. Uh, no game releases on the Monday, but on Tuesday, Asteragos, Curse of the Stars, comes to the PS4, PS5, and PC. Avil comes to the Xbox One Series X and PC. In Sound Mind comes to the Switch. And No More Heroes 3 gets its PC release date. On Wednesday, Lego Brick Tales comes to the past systems of the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. PC Building Simulator 2 drops on the PC. Time Melters comes to the PC, and War Pips comes to the PS5, Series X. Well, basically all the consoles. All the consoles. No PC. On Thursday, Fueled Up comes out on everything but the Switch. The Eternal Cylinder comes to the next-gen PS5 and Series X. The Last Ori Crew comes to the PS5, Series X, and PC. Triangle Strategy gets its PC release date. The Case of the Golden Idol comes to the PC. And The Darkest Tales comes to the PC, Xbox One, and Switch. And lastly, on Friday, Dragon Ball The Breakers comes out on everything. The brand new Dragon Ball game that is basically like Dead by Daylight. <laughs> but Dragon Ball it up. No More Heroes 3 sees its release on the PlayStation systems and the Xbox systems. NHL 23 also comes out for the Xbox and PlayStation systems. Nickelodeon Kart Racer 3 Slime Speedway comes out on everything. PGA Tour 2K23 comes out on everything but the Switch. Scorn comes out on the Xboxes and PC. And Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival comes out on the Switch. Dang, fun stuff. A lot of stuff. Any thoughts on any of those games, Tina? Um, Honestly, I haven't heard of quite a few of them, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, 
I guess the hockey game will be fun. Uh, I always like seeing streams of people playing all the sports games, even if they're kind of bad. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I was watching uh, someone playing Madden the other day. <laughs> oh. Those, they just crack me up, the sports games, too. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, I feel like I have a lot of nostalgia behind playing those kinds of games as a kid. So, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm excited for Taiko no Tatsujin. I'm a f- fan wow. of rhythm games. Um, and, uh, Dragon Ball, the breakers looks interesting enough for me to possibly play it. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon Ball one definitely piqued my interest the most, uh, especially with it being spooky season. So I might have to check that one out. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that's everything that should be on your radar. It's time for us to now jump into our main focus for today's episode. Here's what we're talking about this week in the game lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests. Here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And our first topic of the day, we are talking the wide, wondrous world of VTubing. So Tina, my first question for you is what got you into VTubing? Okay, so uh, I think anyone who is like in the VTuber space kind of knows about this, for, but for people who might not know, back in like fall of 2020, there was a big boom within the VTuber community because a popular VTuber agency named Hollow Live uh, debuted their first round of English VTubers. Before that, they had like Japanese VTubers and like Indonesian VTubers, but it hadn't really westernized yet. I mean, there were people in the West VTubing, but it was very like, it was a very small community up until this point in the West. So um, I was just, you know, at home a lot of the time during COVID and on YouTube one day. And I got suggested a VTuber debut for like Gargura, which she's like one of the biggest VTubers of all time at this point. And um, I had experimented with streaming before that. I'd done face cam streaming and I love streaming, but like I didn't really enjoy some of like, I don't know. I don't really like getting ready for stream and sometimes being a girl on the internet's kind of icky. So <laughs> I wasn't very, <laughs> I wasn't really doing it consistently up until that point, but once I learned what VTubing was and was watching it a bit, I, it just seemed like something I would really enjoy. And after a few months of thinking about it, I just decided, eh, why not give it a shot? So I like figured out how to get a model and all that good stuff. And then just kind of, it took me about nine months to get it going because you have to get uh, various arts commissioned. And that's pretty, I mean, I just kind of decided one day to just go for it. I wasn't really, I guess I wasn't really enjoying my work at the time. I work in a hair salon and it was really tough like the first year of the pandemic because mm, yeah i feel that yeah. yeah there was a lot of like capacity restrictions so we weren't able to work as much and then just in general working with the public it's kind of stressful when there's a worldwide pandemic and then you know people coming in and talking to you about their struggles with the pandemic it was just very mentally taxing so i was just looking for something to get my mind off of work honestly so and vtubing seemed like a fun outlet so that was really how I got into it. So it took it took nine months to get you from point A of deciding to become one to getting your debut. Yes. Yeah. What uh, does that look like cost-wise for someone getting into that? Okay. So it kind of depends on the person and like the budget. Essentially, you could spend – you could really honestly – vtube for free technically like they have programs where you can like make your own 3d um models and stuff and you can do all the tracking which is like a webcam i mean like you know minus the cost of having like a pc that can stream and like a webcam 
I like obviously minus that stuff, but there are ways to get into it for free. Um, I went about it a little bit. I spent, uh, I don't mind being a little bit transparent with it, but I spent like $1,200 just because I had done streaming before and I knew that I would be streaming for at least like a year or two. With, like, so I um, was willing to kind of make the financial commitment. Also, COVID, I didn't really have anything else to spend my money on. <laughs> like, I was just sitting at <laughs> home all day. So, um, how I went about it was I commissioned. I had to get a character design commission first, which that wasn't too expensive, but you could obviously spend way more. People spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on VTuber models, like the people who are super famous, you know. But um, you know, I had to get like a character design commissioned, and then I had to find a live two D artist. Which um, how the models kind of work is um, for everything that you see on the model, it is like an individual layer drawn in like say like a Photoshop file. And then uh, so most VTuber models have hundreds of layers because like each individual piece of hair and like piece of clothing has to move. And then after you get that piece of art commissioned, then you have to find someone who will animate it essentially, which is called rigging. So uh, just the process of having someone draw that model for you and the animation process is usually the most lengthy amount of time. So yeah, that's why it My took God. so long. Mm -hmm. uh, so what... Uh... What was the decision process for you of becoming Tina Chino, the the <laughs> my, coffee shop owner? So, I mean, I have worked in a... Uh, so, my username, Tina Chino, is actually, like, my original uh, Twitch username. I may, I've been on Twitch since, like, 2017. I had, like, a few friends who were streaming and then kind of hung out in a few, like, Twitch communities for a couple of years there. And Tina Chino is just like the name I came up with because I worked in a coffee shop at the time. And I so I did Tina. Tina's my name. And the Chino, it was based off of like cappuccino. But like um, I thought the double cappuccino has like two C's. I didn't feel like that was very readable. So that's why I did the CH. So um, I knew a lot about coffee. I felt like when I was looking at VTubers, there were no coffee VTubers really yet. So I mean, that was basically it. <laughs> 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 okay so i i know i can talk about coffee a lot and it's something easy for me to just kind of make jokes about or whatever like and chat's always asking me to make them coffee and stuff and i just tell them no so <laughs> you know instead of serving coffee you're serving up duels exactly <laughs> exactly uh, off topic question here just because i am curious what is your go-to coffee drink oh um okay okay it kind of depends on like the time of year, but usually I just get like an iced latte with vanilla and cinnamon. Uh, I'm pretty basic. Uh, I just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love chai tea lattes as well. I'll get that a lot of the time. And then I usually, honestly, when I was working at the coffee shop, I would straight up just like drink espresso shots with like just a little bit of milk in it. <laughs> so I, there's something really good about just drinking espresso, which is kind of, I don't know if that's like normal, <laughs> but I like doing that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so what has uh, your experience VTubing been? How has this experience been for you? Um, I would say it's overall been really great for me. Um, I think because of like, you know, obviously me getting into VTubing for a bit of escapism from work. Um, at first it was kind of tricky, you know, just like kind of trying to find my rhythm with streaming and um, I don't know, just like with my, I, I was kind of struggling with mental health when I was first started off streaming. So I feel like it was kind of 
reflected through my VTubing. But once I kind of hit my stride in it earlier this year, um, and then I started streaming Yu-Gi-Oh! and I gained quite a bit of traction. Uh, uh, it's just been like a really rewarding experience overall. Uh, it just feels nice, I guess. Um, just having people who show up to your stream on a regular basis and like want to hear you talk, even though like, uh, at least in the Yu-Gi-Oh space, I don't really know if I add very much like commentary to the gameplay itself. I'm very new to Yu-Gi-Oh, so. <laughs> uh, but um, people seem to enjoy the other streams I do too. So um, it's nice having the outlet with also without having like a lot of, I think it would be a lot different if I showed my face because I don't know if I would stand out as much, honestly. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think the VTubing makes it... I, I don't know what it is about VTubing that people are so drawn to. I don't know if it's like the mystery of not knowing what the people look like or <laughs> uh, I think it's like part of just like the aesthetics as well that people like. But I, I don't know. if this, I'm kind of getting rambly. But, <laughs> no, it's OK. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's all just been great. And yeah, I do love that I don't have to show my face because most of the time when I'm streaming, I'm just wearing like pajamas or <laughs> I didn't brush my hair that day or something because I just woke up or whatever. So. Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> a, a huge benefit of VTubing, I would say there. Yes, exactly. What's um, what's the process like of being on the other side of the screen of us not being able to see you, but like, what are you doing on the screen aside from like just playing your game? What's it look like on the other side of the screen for you? Um, I would say I would assume a lot of it is pretty similar to normal. Um, face cam streaming. I mean, I would say we probably have a few more programs going. Um, I think a lot of VTubing and a lot of VTubers really take advantage of bots that are good with like Twitch point redeem, um, like uh, redemptions. The program most VTubers use for uh, streaming called VTube Studio. Uh, they have a lot of great ways where you can make different like hotkeys or like things that can toggle on and off. And then uh, you just kind of have to like, I mean, for the most part, I do a lot of um, just like I'll uh, like map out hotkeys to my keyboard or my stream deck. And that's the part that I find the most fun is just trying to find different ways to make the experience more engaging and um, just try to make it more entertaining. Because, you know, when you don't have your face to just like react to things, people, you really do rely on your voice and then your model and what you can do with it. So um that's probably the main difference but besides that i would say it's probably pretty similar to normal face cam streaming um i think i don't know <laughs> <laughs> a lot more hotkeys and uh, it, it, I, I like what you said there where it's really relies on your voice to really express that i like that a lot because i'm a huge like audiophile when it comes to playing with it's why i started the podcast to begin with actually is because i love working with audio and dealing with audio it's why i got into radio mm -hmm. for my actual career that theater of the mind yes. of just having a voice and just using audio to ex to just get the point and the what you're trying to express across really amazing yeah i didn't like anticipate that part being really fun about it all like having um, you know, having to lean into the voice acting of it all. Although I don't really view it as voice acting, but I guess it kind of is. But having to like uh, make intentional choices with my voice to, or like using silence a lot, I think is a big thing for me is knowing when to use my silence and when to, you know, I don't know, lean into different parts and 
different tones and stuff. It's all really fun uh, to kind of analyze in my own streaming and try to improve upon. So it's definitely a lot of that's like one of the funnest parts, I think, because I'm a very honestly like in real life, I'm like a very expressive person. When I first started VTubing, um, I, I told my parents about it and my dad was like, oh, I just wish they could see your reactions to stuff because you always have like the funniest faces. And, I, <laughs> and so because I do, I think people can tell through my model. People always think I saw, I look like grumpy or whatever, <laughs> but it's just my, <laughs> just my face. <laughs> so <laughs> like whenever I'm thinking and stuff, they're like, you look angry. I'm like, I'm not angry. It's just you just can't see what I'm actually looking like. <laughs> so I think uh, having to rely on your voice and how you act and choices like that is been a big learning curve for me because I am very much a very physical, like in real life, I'm very much like a physical comedy kind of person. Like I'm very goofy and klutzy and kind of like <laughs> just a goofball, you know, but I think it still comes out that part. I think people can tell. Um, so what are you, what are a lot of the common misconceptions about VTubing that you've seen? Mm, I don't know. I, this is kind of a hard one because I think a lot of people, um, when they think of VTubers, but they, they don't really watch VTubers, they get really hung up on like lore and stuff or like VTubers having like their backstory, like my coffee shop or whatever, which I technically have like a little bit more backstory than that, but I'm terrible about talking about lore. So I always just say I'm a barista or whatever. <laughs> But I technically have like an isekai story or whatever as well. And, oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's not very in depth because I'm terrible at that stuff. But it, I got, was, it was just you got hit by the truck. Well, I got portaled a little bit different. Oh, you got portaled. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, uh, the other choice when it comes to isekai, it's, yeah. it's either truck coon or portal coon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I think a lot of people who don't watch VTubers and like don't really know if they want to get into it, get kind of hung up with this idea that I think VTubers aren't being authentic or they're playing a character. And I'm sure there are VTubers who play a character, but I would say the same thing about face cam streamers. You know, like they're not, I don't think anyone streaming is being, like they're, anyone who's trying to like, I think make it in the scene or whatever, uh, they are leading into some type of characterization of themselves. So. I think a lot of people think that VTubers could be inauthentic, but I think honestly, the lack of like almost the anonymity of it allows you to be more of yourself on stream. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just really like removing yourself and like conceptions about like, what will people think of me or like, how will this affect my reputation or how people perceive me? You're able, I think it just like, I feel very myself when I'm streaming and. Like, um, I don't feel like I put on a too much of a character. I mean, I try to be funny, but <laughs> besides that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people think VTubers aren't being authentic or like their lore is, you know, like the main aspect of it. But it's really not, I guess, to me. See, I think for myself, when it comes to VTubers, I really, me myself, I really don't care about the lore. Like when I disc when I stumbled upon your stream many months i think it's been a couple months at this mm -hmm. point i i like i could just like tell it's like there's she's like uh, the authentic tina experience is what i'm getting here and i like Aww. that a lot thank you oh that's so nice yeah and I, honestly i i love watching your streams when i do get the chance to watch them oh thank you so much that, that means a lot honestly sometimes i think 
as streamers, you can't tell how people really think because you're just like sitting there in your basement or your room or whatever. <laughs> and like maybe chat's not going for a minute, but like you're trying to be goofy. So when people tell me that they actually enjoy watching it, I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so what's some advice and like the do's and don'ts you would give to somebody who's looking to get into VTubing? Um, I think people a lot of the times can fall into, as I said earlier, you can spend a lot of money on VTubing. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure to spend money on VTubing um, if you're that kind of person. But I would say try to spend as little money as possible if you're just getting into it. Um, I think that's a big one. I think a lot of, I've seen a lot of VTubers who feel like they need to like rebrand because like they're not gaining traction or, you know, uh, okay. I, I could go on to like a huge tangent about this, but I think people feel like the pressure to like always be adding things to their model because of the whole, you know, you have to be innovate the the scene. I don't I don't know. Okay, okay, let me think about this. <laughs> so <laughs> I think a lot of VTubers are like the bigger VTubers are always getting new models. They're always commissioning new art. So I think a lot of smaller VTubers feel like that's something that they might need to do to be relevant or like, you know, stay interesting to their viewers. But I think what VTubers probably should actually focus on is just trying to make their streams better. <laughs> or like they're, they're like themselves entertaining. I don't know. Focus on who they are and who they want to be on a stream instead of how they look on yeah. the stream. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, there's plenty of bigger VTubers that are like people who are like, I mean, they're not like huge, but people who have like pretty basic models and like don't really, I can tell they don't like invest you know as much money into it who have like average hundreds of viewers or whatever you know just because you don't have to break the bank to get into it i think that's the main thing because i really don't outside of like my base of like how much i spent initially i really don't spend that much more on my streams anymore you know like i had my initial investment but like i've grown not spending any more money for like eight months straight you know what i mean so i think as long as you're focusing on improving yourself and what you're presenting to the internet uh, if you're going to see growth, you're going to, you know, you're going to get it, I guess, you know. What do you specifically want to, what's your end goal with VTubing? Where do you see yourself in the future? So um, I would love to, I think I have a pretty similar dream with my VTubing as most people who get into content creation do have is I would like to be able to just make a, a steady like income off of VTubing and streaming and uh just be making content that I really enjoy and I'm proud of and that can just sustain me. I don't know if I have like giant aspirations. I'd like to release some music in the future because I really like doing that on stream. Um, maybe, you know, I'd love to get like a 3D model someday because like I said, I am very like a physical comedy person so I could see myself having a lot of fun with it. But as long as I'm having fun and people seem to be enjoying watching me. Uh, I'm kind of already achieving my dream. I would like to hit Twitch partner someday. That'd be fun. Because when I first started watching Twitch, I thought that was so cool. So there's like a part of me that wants that. But um, I'm very happy with where I am right now with streaming. So I'm not in any rush to get anywhere. Like I'm just going to enjoy the ride while I'm riding it, I guess. Do you ever see yourself making major changes to your model before making that like jump to a 3d model i actually have I'm, i am getting a second model actually uh so that's what i'm 
So I am getting another model. It's of my character, but basically like drawn differently and in a different outfit. It's basically going to be my outfit from uh, the world I came from. And this is like what my current model is like my my world outfit that I wear like at the coffee shop or whatever. So my new model is going to be my adventuring outfit. So uh, yeah, I don't, uh, the nature of, like I said, uh, getting a new model takes a lot of time. So I'm not actually sure when that will be done. <laughs> But I'm hoping uh, sometime like early 2023, uh, the model will be done. And then I'll do the whole uh, reveal stream, the debuting, the new model stream. And I'll probably primarily stream with that one afterwards. But nice. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Yes, it should be fun whenever it's done. I, I'm kind of in no rush with it. Uh, I know people really want to see it, but uh, the more hype you can build, the better, right? So I'm just exactly. I mean, you're building it right now. <laughs> exactly. I'm hyping it. I've been hyping it up since like February. It's been this one's been a lot more longer in the works. Uh, so wow. I know. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have started talking about it as early if I would have known. I thought it was going to be done like around this time of year because of like my last model. So uh, just the nature. You have to like find. I think this time I'm more picky about who I'm commissioning for the animation part. So that's probably why it's taking longer um, because you have to like wait for certain people to have their commissions open and then they can always reject you. So then you got to, you know, kind of wait another month, you know, until you find something that you want because it is such an investment that you don't want to spend like money on something you don't end up enjoying the end product for. And last question, who are your favorite VTubers? I mean, I love a lot of <laughs> the really big ones. Uh, so Gargura was the first VTuber I really watched, like I said. So she's one of my all-time favorites from Hololive. Same with um, Amelia Watson. Uh, those are like the two first uh, VTubers that really got me into VTubing. And then um, I like a lot of the big V Shoujo girls. So like Nanners and Iron Mouse. Uh, they're a couple of my favorites. And then uh, outside of them, though, I mainly just watch my friends. So I love watching all the other Yu-Gi-Oh! VTubers and a few other friends I've made along the way. So I probably primarily watch them over anyone else uh, at this point just because of like time. So those are probably some of my favorites. If it means much to you, you are one of the three VTubers that I regularly follow <gasps> and enjoy to watch. Wow. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to add about VTubing or or anything in the VTubing world? I would say just don't be afraid to get into VTubers. You know, if you see a little anime girl playing your favorite game and she has decent viewership, why not click on her instead of someone else, you know? <laughs> or boy, you know, <laughs> whoever you see. Oh, okay. That reminds me of a question, actually, that you said that. The gender ratio of VTubing. There aren't a lot of male VTubers that are usually in the scene. Why do you think that is? Um, It's pretty tricky. I don't actually know if I know. I know a lot of artists in general who make VTuber models don't really feel comfortable drawing male models in general. Like they just, like the more masculine look to them, they don't feel like they can physically draw it. So I know that's kind of probably hard. It's probably harder for guys to get into it just because it's hard for them to find models that they enjoy. But I think there are a decent amount of male VTubers. I think they're just not as popular. I don't know if it's just because of the way the uh, genre was like started off or whatever. Uh, and it was like mainly, you know, girl idols in like uh, Asian countries. Like, I don't know if that's why, but 
It's very interesting for sure. I, I don't really know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, it's time for us to move on to our second topic, which is just video games that Tina likes to play. <laughs> I started off with the ones that you've played on stream, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, and Skyrim. Yes. So what got you into all those games? I want to start with Yu-Gi-Oh. What got you into playing Master Duel? So when I got into Master Duel, uh, I mean, so when I first started streaming for like the first like six, seven months, I would play a different game like every day of the week. I always consistently played Skyrim once a week. But I was just honestly looking for a game that stuck with me for like ever, essentially. So um, one of my friends, he's a VTuber, uh, shout out Sato Bliss. Uh, he, I, he's been watching my streams for a while, but he was playing Master Duel. And then a couple of my mods are playing Master Duel. And he told me about uh, Leah Asimov, who's a pretty popular VTuber who streams Master Duel. And she was just starting off then. Like she... She had only been streaming for a couple months at that point, but I just watched a couple of her streams and I was like, I don't know, this looks fun. I have been much more of a lifelong uh, Pokemon fan than uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, but I had no qualms with getting into it. So I just gave it a shot one day. And after a couple weeks of streaming it, um, I started doing random viewer duels and just really enjoyed the vibes. So uh, I just tried it and it kind of stuck. So not much more to it than that, I guess. <laughs> and, and the deck, because I, I remember when I first found you, that you were learning the deck that you use the most, Dragon Maids. Oh yes, Dragon Maids. <laughs> what what drew you to the Maids of the Dragon? Okay, another pretty. I was in Leah's chat, and I literally just asked her chat what was an easy beginner deck with cute cards. I'm not even joking. So, <laughs> and so I tried it out, and I've tried other decks that like. I do, because I like Pokemon, I think I am more drawn to like cuter archetypes. So, <laughs> uh, and also I think it's just kind of my personality, but uh, I've tried a few of the other ones and I don't know, there's just something about all the different negates and the bouncing that you can do, like returning stuff back to hand that like, I think they're very consistent and uh, it's just my, I, it's just really fun to, uh, destroy meta decks with uh cute little dragon girls i don't know it, it just <laughs> it just tickles something deep inside of me it makes me very happy <laughs> it's, it's that good old serotonin rush exactly just bouncing the dragons in and out of your hand bring out the the shio and just ruin everybody's day exactly and <laughs> oh yeah I, you could tell it ruins some people's day they're like what the heck my god i hate i, I hate seeing shio out on the field <laughs> i'm i'm a hero i play i play heroes oh, oh that's, no that's my main deck okay. like here's the thing if i get the right cards in my hand i can handle dragon maids mm -hmm. i can handle them i can it's you because all you gotta do is once shio is gone then you just go in because that's the big negate. That's yeah. the big negate. And as long as they don't have anything in the back row, you're usually fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But man, it's, it's Shio that gives me the most problems up against Dragon Maids. Yeah, she's evil. I love her. <laughs> Shio and uh, the, the spell card tidying, uh, which you can take one of your Dragon Maids and return it to hand. And then you can pick a card on their field and return it to hand. Uh, Oh, chef's kiss perfect combo <laughs> oh yeah that's it <laughs> yep <laughs> um what what other decks have you like 
wanted to play or have you built and just have yet to play? Um, I built a Marincess deck. I'm going to try to learn that because I think new cards are coming out for Marincess relatively soon. That's the rumor, at least. Uh, so I'm trying to learn Marincess right now. Uh, but I just have I need a few more ultra rares. So I just haven't gone to that one. I don't really know. I am kind of in the market. I would like to play something on stream really besides Dragon Maids. But I've tried like Live Twin and it didn't really do it for me. And then... I don't know. I'm I am looking for a new deck to give me that same feeling that Shio gives me, but I'm still chasing. I would high. recommend Karibo. Oh yeah. On the, at least it's the, it's got the cute factor, but uh, as for the power, I don't think it has that much for it going mm -hmm. for it. But it's got the cuteness. Okay, I'll look into it. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Luna Lights might be good for you. Possibly, it's a fusion deck. I'm not even like opposed to trying a not cute deck at this point, like, but I am more drawn to the cute deck, so you know. Oh, I, I could recommend. Oh, actually, you could do honestly. I feel like Fluffle, yeah, might you, be good for you. Yeah, you can combo Fluffle with a lot of different things and make it pretty fun. So that I've definitely especially with how good a lot of the um oh what is it the Edge Imp cards there the Edge Imp fusions are yeah. I definitely have thought about uh, trying Fluffle with some stuff, but um, honestly, I, I think it's just because I am still relatively new to Yu-Gi-Oh. It takes me a lot of time to learn a new deck, like, and feel really comfortable with it. So, oh yeah, I had to play I, off stream I quite a bit to feel confident. I mean, like, I'll play something I'm not good at on stream, but I just don't enjoy it as much as playing something I can kind of. Uh, no brain and talk to chat with yeah no i i that's that's how i am with my heroes whenever i stream Yu-Gi-Oh, which is rare now but when i did majorly stream it uh with when i did play my play my hero when i, I would build a new deck on stream I'm like all right time to try it out and it's just your brain just goes my brain just goes to focus on the new deck and it's like well there's chat going a little bit it's like well like it's like i need to focus on this because i don't know what i'm doing still yeah exactly exactly so uh i'm that's why i have to kind of take my time with learning new decks because it just takes me a long time since i can't play i mean i will learn a little bit on stream but i can't like i don't feel like i actually learn it until i play like a lot offline and that's kind of what i did with dragon maids at first i had a bunch of time free time so i just kind of no life master duel for like two weeks straight <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> pokemon Moving on to this one, you were playing Sword and Shield mm -hmm. on stream. Yes. And from if I'm remembering, this is your first time playing through them. Okay, yeah. So I have been playing Pokemon like my entire life, but I played Sword back in like 2019 when it first came out. I don't really remember what happened, but I just dropped the game, uh, like probably like right after Christmas or something, and never came back to it. But I've been wanting to stream Pokemon. I've streamed a little bit of Arceus earlier this year, and I didn't really. I liked Arceus, but I just, I just never really got into it. I guess. Um, so, but I do want to stream Scarlet and Violet. So I mainly picked up Sword and Shield uh, to play on stream, both because I needed to finish the game and just to kind of uh, prepare yourself for the upcoming. Exactly, and let people know that like I'm definitely going to be playing Scarlet and Violet. So, just some want people to know that I'm. I'm here for the Pokemon as well. So uh, it's been a lot of fun streaming, though. It's I'm not very good at typing, though, for some reason. It just 
my brain just like goes smooth sometimes and i'm like oh. smooth brain moment yeah i feel that <laughs> so what, what's uh who's your go-to starter uh what starter did you pick in sword and shield what's your favorite starter and what starter are you picking for scarlet and violet all right so i picked cinderace uh for sword and shield i probably would have picked sobble but i did see inteleon before uh I played Sword and Shield, so I did not want Inteleon, so that's why I went with Cinderace and Score Bunny. I feel like that was a good choice, though. Um, probably my favorite starter of all time, though. Oh, it's so hard, but it's probably Totodile. Um, I think it's mainly because of his personality. I like how I, he's a little goblin. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I've always really liked Totodile as a kid, so that's probably part of it, too. And then... Um, I think I'm gonna pick Quaxley for uh, uh, for Scarlet and Violet because I just love ducks and <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like when I watched the initial trailer with the the starters, I saw Quaxley and I was like, oh boy, it's a duck. I have to play, and I do usually pick water starters, so um, I I think I'm going with Quaxley. But I really hope the final evolution isn't bad. I'm kind of nervous. I feel like if any of the three are gonna be bad, it's gonna be him. So I, I feel like Quaxi will just become a bigger buffer duck with a pompadour. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. That'd be hilarious. So <laughs> I usually like to go with like the goofier options for the starters. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping he's a little goofy. But I also I really like Foycoco. So it's because he reminds me of Totodile. So it's kind of tough uh, picking Quaxley over him. But I have to do what my heart like feels is the right choice <laughs> i feel like of the three starters we know i feel like everybody kind of has like a good idea of what fue coco's final form will be mm -hmm. with it being like people are suspecting like a ghost pepper yeah because of how pepper shaped he is it'll be a fire ghost type which i love fire ghost types yes like, i love chandelure oh my gosh a lot. and hisui and typhlosion yes great as well so if fue coco becomes that i'm probably gonna pick fue coco Otherwise, I am leading towards Sprigatito as long as it stays bipedal or on all fours. Yes, agreed. And I'm a little nervous about that. So that's kind of why I'm like not really going towards Sprigatito. I'm like, I don't want another two-legged cat. Please. please <laughs> no more Incineroar. Please. <laughs> Pokemon Company, you've heard us enough. Please. Yeah. Like I said, I have a lot of high hopes for this new game. So I'm hoping they really listen to us uh, and no more two-legged four-legged animals <laughs> what's your favorite pokemon overall oh that's such a hard question but it's probably mew i think half of it is probably for nostalgic reasons like mew is just like was so magical watching as a kid like no one ever had him, and it's cute and pink and flies around but so it's probably mew honestly uh what about you uh, Umbreon and Espeon. Oh, okay. Is, yeah. I, I can never determine. I think Espeon specifically, but <gasps> yes. Umbreon is a close second. Yeah. I always talk on stream uh, in like my top six, like my dream team and Espeon's uh, in my top six. So good choice. I, I grew up playing Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness. And that's a big reason of why those two are my favorite Pokemon of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, makes complete sense. Espeon and Umbreon are incredible. So they are. Makes I, sense. I just love them. I, I love them. It feels like you could cuddle up with them. Like uh, just like when you're sleeping and just cuddle with them and, and have like a great sleep. And they glow in the dark. I don't know if this is going to happen, but I really hope there's a new evolution in this new game. 
I uh, really hope so too. I, I I love Eevee so much. Like Eevee is probably like my favorite favorite Pokemon, but like Espeon and Umbreon are just like cooler. Yeah, Eevee. exactly. So um, I hope there's a new Evolution. Yeah. I really want one. Me too. <laughs> I love Evolutions. Moving on to Skyrim. What 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 got you into the Skyrim? What was what got you into that? And what how, how do you like to play Skyrim? Because there's so many ways to play it. So um, I didn't really. I've watched a lot of people play Skyrim. Like I had a boyfriend who played Skyrim, and it seemed really fun. Like a few years before I started streaming, uh, but I never really played it myself. And then when I started streaming, it was like the first game I was like, I'm gonna try this on stream because. Um, I never really had a reason to play it before, but I thought it'd be one of those ones that would be fun to stream. And um, it just really stuck with me. I don't know what it, I think I just, I've never really played a game like Skyrim before playing Skyrim on stream. So I think it's just like the whole open world. And I love how goofy Skyrim is. Like all of the bugs, anytime I like really encounter a good bug on stream, I am just so, it it, it makes me so happy. Like the other day I had um, a tiger that just like left its cage and was just like sitting in the middle of like a room, but like next to my Serana who also like bugged out and was just like using like her attack like nonstop. And it's just so funny. But mainly how I play it is um, I just, um, I kind of just do quest to quest. Uh, I'm, I don't always finish quests, I guess. So uh, I don't really uh, when I first started, I really didn't know what I was doing. So, like, my one-handed is, like, a level 98, but my smithing is, like, a level 25. So, I definitely think I need to kind of, like, actually start taking it a little bit more seriously and, like, leveling up a couple things, like my like my smithing and my alchemy, because it's kind of rough. Because I was just kind of doing whatever I wanted for a long time, but now it's, like, I've gone into quests and gone, like, really stuck. <laughs> because I my armor is crap. <laughs> So uh, I kind of just do whatever I want and whichever quest sounds interesting. If I get bored of a quest, I'll just stop it and move on to something else. So uh, I don't really know how other people play it, though. What are like the different ways people play it? Uh, I, I was more referring to like uh, the combat style you use because there's like magic builds, ranger builds. OK, OK. So how, what about that, though? Because, I mean, that is like also just going quest to quest or doing stuff like I, I mean, I've played Skyrim where I only did. I did a run where I only did everything in white run. Oh, and yeah. it's like I am now going to buy the house here and live my life as a simple white run citizen. <laughs> I love that. No, I definitely probably lean more into the chaotic. Like I just try to find like the whatever I can like meme about the hardest on stream. So like, if something's a little too slow paced, I guess that's more what it is. But right now I've kind of switched it up a couple times. Um, at first, I just only did hammer like the Warhammer. <laughs> it was pretty hard though. <laughs> and then I did a lot of uh, like fire and like sparks for a minute there. Uh, but lately I've been doing double sword. Uh, that's pretty fun. But um, I think I'm going to go into archery next because I've been having, because my um, weapons are terrible. I've had to use a little bit more archery lately and it's actually kind of fun. So I might try to do stealth archer like everyone else. Maybe it's time for me to to see what everyone's like talking about. But What's who, who's your favorite character in Skyrim? Oh, uh, Parthas Snacks, easily the dragon. Is that how you say his name? I can't, I always call him Party Snacks uh, <laughs> on stream, so I don't actually know how you say his name. Uh, I think that's right. It's been forever since I played Skyrim. Yeah, the I know dragon. who you're talking. Yeah, the dragon. <laughs> he was voiced 
Okay, I can't remember. He was either voiced by Charles Martinet or Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think it was the first one. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was Winnie the Pooh, but <laughs> that would be yeah, iconic. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Charles Martinet. Because it's like, I remember that he shares a voice with, like, Mario, and it's like, what? Yeah, he does. It's weird. It's so weird to think that still. Mm-hmm. But he's pretty cool. I also really like the guy in Whiterun who, like, is always screaming, um about like the end of the world or whatever. Ah, uh, yes. Good old homeless guy whose yeah. name I don't remember. I don't know, but he's fun. <laughs> I, I love, uh, I think every time I go by him, I have to like sit there for a second and be like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> I love him. I love that there's uh, the diversity in characters there. It's pretty fun. Uh, I, I hear you, I, you brought up Serana a little earlier. Is she your go-to companion when All you right. play? So for the longest time, I only used Lydia, like, but um, when I finally became a vamp, I did the vampire quest line and I became Good a vampire. Guard. Oh yeah. And it was really fun. But uh, towards the end of the Dawn Guard, like one of the big dungeons you're in for it, I killed Lydia and it was really bad. I actually technically killed her twice, but one time my game bugged out. I don't really believe in reloading unless I absolutely have to. Like, I mean... I get why people do it and like sometimes I do it but if I like when it came to killing Lydia I was like I feel like I gotta just like let it happen you know what I mean I didn't care like I didn't care about her that much to <laughs> to it's like thanks for carrying my things I'm gonna take them back down and give them to somebody new yeah exactly so when she died I was just like all right I'm almost done with the dawn guard so I guess I'm gonna pick Serana next so ever since I did that I've been uh hanging out with Serana she's pretty fun I know a lot of people like her a lot more than Lydia for a lot of reasons, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, she's been a lot better uh, as a companion overall. But uh, Lydia's quite the meme on my streams because I've killed her twice. And every time she dies, I make it very dramatic, of course. So like I had like a funeral for Lydia uh, and everything. So <laughs> wow. Are you looking forward to Elder Scrolls 6? Oh, yes. I don't know when that will be, though. But you do not worry i will be loud when it comes out i will my twitter will become a elder Scrolls six simp page or something like that whenever that happens because uh it, it quickly became one of my favorite games like through streaming it even though i probably like have only played like 10 percent of the game still <laughs> i just <laughs> it's just such a fun game i every time i play it i just love how uh wrapped up in it i get it's like a whole experience so that's what you've played. You've played those games on stream. Are what other games do you are, are there are there other games that you currently play like when you're not streaming? Um when I'm offline right now, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon uh because I'm trying to complete my Pokédex. But um I like to play I mean, I kind of go through like phases where I'll like come back to games. I have like a Terraria file that I've been playing on for like 2 years that like I'll play for like a month at a time and then like drop it for a few months. So I've been playing a bit of Terraria lately. Um I don't know. Uh, what else have I been playing? I've been playing a bit of Room Factory 5. Uh, that's pretty fun. Um, what else have I been playing? I don't know. It's kind of a hard, it's hard to remember. I play so many games. I like Minecraft. I like, um, I do play a lot of Master Duel offline, like the decks that I'm not as good at. Like I'll try them out some. Um, sometimes I'll play like Fortnite or PUBG with my friends. Um, I played a bit of, um, my first game was Monster Hunter Rise, uh, and the Monster Hunter series. So I was playing a bit of that when it first came out. It was pretty fun, but I've heard it's a lot different from the other Monster Hunter games, but 
that was fun for a minute. I'll kind of just play whatever, <laughs> I guess. Uh, tickles my fancy at a given time. Uh, anything else you want to add about any of the games you play? No, I guess not. Uh, I feel lucky that I get to stream video games, you know? It's a lot of fun. And I'm glad that other people seem to enjoy uh, enjoying them with me. It makes it a lot more uh, special, I guess, when you get to experience things with other people. So that's kind of nice. Well, with that, then it's time for us to head into the bonus level and start wrapping things up. Community Q&As, a look back at gaming history and your achievement of the week. Here's this week's bonus level. Um, and of course, the first thing is the community corner, which sadly we do not have any questions from the community corner this week. But if you want to submit your questions, all you got to do is join the official Tony's Game Lounge Discord. Link is, to that is in the description of this podcast. Or you can just jump into what, my stream and use exclamation point Discord and you can join in. There's a tab every week. We'll have a chance for you to ask myself and whoever our special guest of the week is. Uh, any questions about the topics that we'll be talking about or just games in general. Uh, so be sure to do that for upcoming episodes within our world tour season. Uh, moving on to our second part of the bonus level this week in gaming history. Let's go over what happened in the past October's 10th to 16th. Here's what happened on the 10th, 2006 Sierra released the legend of Spyro, a new beginning for the PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and DS in North America. On, two, on the 11th, 1994, Square released Final Fantasy III for the Super NES in North America. This is the same game as Final Fantasy VI in Japan. So this was our first time getting Final Fantasy VI when it was known... Back when they did the thing of numbers to confuse us of which one was actually which i know that still confuses me as someone who isn't i only played like the first couple final fantasy games as a kid so very confusing for me <laughs> on wednesday 2004 nintendo released paper mario the thousand year door for the gamecube in the u.s that was the 12th phenomenal game that yeah. i've only played in an airport oh really in the little there, my airport, my city's airport. It, I don't know if it still does have it or whatnot, but it had this little like kids' lounge Aww. and it had two game cubes one that had Paper Mario and one that had Mario Sunshine. Oh, classics though. Those, that's all you need, really. I mean, maybe that's not true, but those are a couple <laughs> of the absolute essentials. Absolute essentials, exactly. Uh, on the 13th. 2003, Nintendo released Kirby's Air Ride for the GameCube in North America. On the 14th, 2008, THQ released Saints Row 2 for the PS3 and 360 in North America. On the 15th, 2000, Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver were, were released for the Game Boy Color in North America. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, on the 16th, 2006, Nintendo released Nintendogs, Dalmatian and Friends for the <laughs> DS. I don't think I played the Dalmatian one. I think I played like the Golden Retriever one. But... Yeah, I played the Golden Retriever one growing up. Okay, okay. It was uh, it was great. I loved I loved it. Yeah, I I'm so annoyed they haven't brought back Nintendogs. I feel like they are really missing out. I mean, it's kind of tricky to do it on the Switch now. Uh, you would have to basically exclusively play it in handheld mode uh, for it to fair. get to get like the full experience. Yeah, I feel like you could do it with a controller, but it's always going to be like a lot of like that that like 
intimate interaction with the dogs is kind of like lost. Mm-hmm. Lost. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I just, I just missed Nintendo dogs. <laughs> uh, the achievement of the week this week is in triple take. Uh, there will be blood shed, uh, which is to watch Venet perform the most awesome attack you've ever seen. What that attack is, I don't know. You'll have to watch it yourself. <laughs> and the game of the week is going to Dragon Ball the Breakers. Because uh, you could collect all seven Dragon Balls and become invincible thanks to Shenron. And that is another episode here in the Game Lounge Complete. Tina, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. It's been so much fun. It, it really has been. It, ex- it has. Where can we find you on the internet? Um, the most uh, easy place to find me on the internet is at twitch.tv slash tinachino. Um, currently, I'm streaming Tuesdays through Fridays at 4 p.m. CST. Um, sometimes the days change around, but it's almost always at 4 p.m. CST. And then you can go to Twitter. I'm tinachino, VT, but if you just search tinachino, I'll pop up. And then I'm also on YouTube as Tina Chino. And yeah, that's, I also have a Discord server, which uh, is linked on any of those sites if you go to them. And I'm pretty active in there. So if you'd like to get to know me a little bit better, join my Discord. And of course, you can find me over at Radio Tony on Twitter and Tony's Game Lounge everywhere else on Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, where I actually decided to download a proper uh, a mobile video editing app Ooh. and actually making tiktoks in the proper ratio yeah i've made tiktoks before but i didn't really enjoy it so i kind of stopped so i do also have a tiktok but I'm, it's inactive right now so <laughs> <laughs> you can follow that too if you want at tina chino and maybe someday i'll, I'll pick it back up <laughs> maybe one day tina thank you again for coming on the podcast it has been a absolute blast thank you for having me again And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Be sure to like, follow, share the podcast wherever you're listening to this. And we will be back next week with another episode here in the Game Lounge. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok for more updates.